Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This podcast is being released on the weekend following the National Day of Prayer, and we can certainly be motivated to pray for our nation and its leaders. We can also follow God's direction in being a voice into our culture through our vote and our action on influencing policies. Bunny Pounds of Christians Engaged visited with me recently for the Meeting House program to discuss a new curriculum based on the leadership principles of Nehemiah, which can assist us as we seek to walk according to the principles of Scripture. You'll be hearing from that conversation coming up. Then it's an exploration of the relationship between a father and a daughter from a Christ-centered perspective with comments from Jay Payleitner and his daughter, Rayanne. And on this edition of The Intersection, prior to its debut in theaters in May, Tim Mahoney discussed the release of another film in the Patterns of Evidence series, building on a previous documentary about the location of Mount Sinai, a critical place found in the book of Exodus. He provides insight into the significance of his work. Finally, Kimberly Woodhouse addresses concerns relative to cybersecurity and examines real-life threats that are present today. From a Christian worldview perspective, she comments on how Christians can respond. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Bunny Pounds is the founder and president of an organization called Christians Engaged, which is devoted to motivating and equipping Christians to be a voice to our culture through voting and civic engagement. In a recent Meeting House conversation, she discussed a new curriculum called Nehemiah, How to Rebuild the Walls of a Nation. Here now from that conversation is Bunny Pounds. There is a a leadership crisis happening in our nation. And I believe that the only answer is the Church of Jesus Christ. Mm. um, For us to go deep in God, in prayer and worship and the Word of God, and for us to get our identity and and stay grounded in that, we then have the power to speak into our culture. And so God wants to raise up leaders and solidify leaders, uh, even as they're walking out this in their businesses or in our spaces of influence. And so Nehemiah is such a perfect example of a leader that was called by God, that felt a burden from the Lord as a simple cupbearer in a foreign nation to say, you know what, could God use my gifts and my influence and the favor that's on my life with this king to go back to Jerusalem and help the people that I love? rebuild the walls. And he did that. And he did it in 52 days. Can you imagine? (laughs) Mm. How do you gather people that don't know you and get them to all work together against all odds and against all enemies and do that in such a short time frame? That's what Nehemiah did. And that's why his story is so inspiring to us right now. Well, he is certainly an example of leadership, someone who could have said, well, you know, I'm just a a meager cupbearer. Here, I really don't have a whole lot to offer. He could have just basically been content there. And of course, we are to have contentment in Christ. But we also recognize that God may be calling us to do something 
else for his glory, to maybe even communicate his message on a wider sphere. And so here he is. He's a cupbearer. He approaches the foreign king. He wants to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls again. This is astonishing, the speed at which the walls were built. What do we learn from looking at the example of Nehemiah that you actually bring out in this curriculum? Well, you know, my, my story is similar a little bit to Nehemiah. I served as a campaign manager and consultant for members of Congress for, 50, for 15, 16 years. And all of a sudden in 2018, God called me to run for Congress. And I was going, no, 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 that's <laughs> not the way. <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to do that. But we couldn't find, again, there was a lack of leadership, and we couldn't find a candidate in my bo- former boss's congressional district. And so I ended up running, and and God used that season of running a million-dollar campaign and almost winning a race for Congress to pull me out into a new place of influence and a sphere, right? And I believe that Nehemiah did that. He was obedient. The the messenger comes. If you read Nehemiah 1, it's such a powerful chapter. Um, he, he, He hears that the walls are broken down, that the people are being attacked by the enemies. In Jerusalem, and he instantly felt a burden. How many of us feel a burden when we watch the news of the day? Hmm. But how many of us actually go to the place of prayer and start doing what Nehemiah did? For three days, he prayed and fasted about that burden. God, what are you doing in my heart? What is happening right now? How can I be a voice? How can I be helpful? And it says in Nehemiah 1 that he went before the king, and the king said, Why are you so, so sad? He had never seen him sad before in his presence. (laughs) And he, because of that moment of obedience, he stepped out before the king and queen and told him his burden and then gave him his call of action. And the king sent him out not only with his blessing and favor and, you know, vacation time, so to speak, but he sent him out with his resources, an army, with the papers he needed to go through the foreign nations to lead to Jerusalem. He gave him everything he needed, and God wants to do that in our lives if we would be simply obedient to the call of God on our lives. Buddy Pounds here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to christiansengaged.org. Next up on this edition of The Intersection, it's the co-authors of the book entitled Girl Dad, a father-daughter duo discuss truths that impact a girl's heart, mind, and spirit. Jay Payleitner and his daughter, Ray Ann, explore some of the dynamics of the father-daughter relationship, interjecting Christian faith principles and perspective. Here now from that conversation are Jay and Ray Ann Payleitner. In the book, uh, uh, Ray Ann has her reality checks, and she has her, uh, her Q&A kind of uh, Dear, Dear Ray Ann section where they she has questions and answers. Uh, I have my insights, and... Uh, the, one of the insights is you got to celebrate her defiance. You want your daughter to push back against you and to try new things and to be a little bit of a rascal and see what she can get away with. That's kind of her job is to do that, especially as a Christian family. We need to be there with her and let her own her own faith. If you are too protective, mm-hmm. Dad, if you, uh, if you uh, protect her from every other credit of the world, it's going to come at some point she's leaving your home. And it's going to bite her. It's going to just chew her up and spit her out. Uh, and Rayanne has seen that with lots of her friends. Um, so there, there's there's that part of it. 
but the way to do this, and I'm going to kind of backtrack to when Rayanne and, and, and talks to any dad, you got a little girl at home, you know what? Enter her world. Always think about that. How can I enter my daughter's world and then invite her to enter my world? And that's easy when she's little. You know, do the teddy bear picnics and the tea parties or, or do the, the hopscotch and then bake the mud pies and, and you know, go lay in the back and, in, in the grass and, and identify cloud shapes and do fairy gardens. But later on, you know what? Figure out a way to, you know, drive her to the batting cage, build a birdhouse with her. You know what? Take her golfing so she enters your world. Go shopping for Mother's Day together um, so, so that you got to figure out a way to enter her world. And uh, and that way, when she starts to defy you and make find her own way, she still knows that she she will have chances to talk with you and interact with you. And you're still next to her uh, while she's figuring that out. Does that make sense? It does. And Rayanne, I'd like for you to just share your response as this is something obviously that was implemented in your relationship, in your home. And really, as as Jay was referring to finding your own way, finding your your faith for yourself. So share with us your response to that approach that your dad was just sharing. Yeah, I completely agree with him that your daughter has to find her own way. And she is going to do that much better if she does it at 15 when she's still in your home and you can cushion the fall. We talk a lot about, you know, whether you should let your child hit, you know, rock bottom at some point, whether you should, you know, let them fail so they can find ways to succeed. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they can think that they're hitting rock bottom, but you're actually there to cushion their fall because you know how, how hard it can be out there. So if you can be that, that's what I've kind of realized over the last 10 years as I've been an adult, is that in my life, I reflect back in my youth and I go, well, oh, these are the times I failed. These are the times that I you know fell short or made mistakes. And then I actually go back and look at it with an adult perspective. And I realize <laughs> all the times that my mom and dad, and even sometimes my older brothers had been there to cushion the fall for me and I didn't even realize it. So the the tool there is I really am a firm believer, like my dad alluded to, uh, that especially as as Christian families, that you have to you have to not put your child in a bubble. You have to let them see what the world is and you want them to do that when you're around them, when you can be there to help them walk through it and help them, you know, as they're struggling with things, you want to be there. You want to be that mouthpiece for them. And I always go back where it's, you know, do not remove them from the world, but protect them. And that's what I think that uh, that the fathers of daughters should be looking for. Don't remove them from the world because the world is going to find them, right? It's a fallen world and, and we're sinful people, but uh, help protect them, help cushion those falls. Uh, so that as they move into adulthood, they can continue to succeed. And Bob, I, 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 I know we're short on time, and I, I apologize for interrupting here. But uh, writing this book with Rianne was a blast and interesting. I learned some stuff. But even doing these interviews, like with you, Bob, <laughs> I'm learning stuff about Rianne. Um, and uh, I just pray that for every dad listening, that they can interact back and forth and challenge each other and learn from each other, because that's the goal. Bob, that's the goal, is that later on, I mean, uh, that and Rayanne and I have pretty good conversations, and that's dad, that's what you want, and that'll be reflected in the book as you read it. I mean, you'll 
I know you'll be dads. As you read the book, you'll be a little jealous that of the back and forth that Rayanne and I have, but you can have that with your daughter. Jay and Rayanne Payleitner here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to jpayleitner, that's P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. When you reach the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast as well as the Meeting House radio program. You can also find links to the podcast to the Media Center as well as its Apple podcast feed. You can also watch video of Meeting House guests through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. A link is provided from that homepage. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. There is a drop-down menu. Just click on The Meeting House. That takes you on over to the homepage. You can also find content from the Meeting House program through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Next on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, the director and producer of the film Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, in advance of its showings in May of 2023, Tim Mahoney shared about the background of the film and the importance of the information shared in it. Here now from that conversation is Tim Mahoney. In 2003, believe it or not, Bob, 20 years ago, I went to Saudi Arabia because uh, I was uh, invited, and many people had, you know, weren't given permission to go there, but I got a special uh, pass, as it were, uh, to get come into the country with a small group of people, and we went to look for uh, a Mount Sinai location in Saudi Arabia. And after I, I was went there, uh, uh, things didn't go as well as planned, and all my footage was confiscated. And uh, so for the last 20 years, I've been on this process of trying to get back to where is the location of Mount Sinai. But some people said to me, you're biased, Tim. You, you like this location there. You need to look at other <laughs> locations as well. So what did we do? We, we didn't look at just the traditional Mount Sinai, which many people know is in the Sinai Peninsula, but we basically decided to do a, a big investigation and look at six different potential Sinai locations. So the first film in October was, um, uh, was we looked at the, the traditional Mount Sinai. We looked at a mountain called Jebel Sunia and another one called Hashem al-Tarif, and they're all basically in that Sinai Peninsula area. So the difference is, is that that first film looked at those locations. This one now is uh, going to be looking at three new mountains. So you don't have to watch the first film to enjoy this one. Both of them are fascinating films, but this is the one where we've created something called the Mount Sinai Scorecard. And uh, <laughs> if people go to our, uh, uh, they can follow me on this, in, this adventure. Share with me your perspective on Mount Sinai and its importance. Well, what's fascinating about this is that this is, uh, this is where Abraham, his descendants, were then, uh, you know, he, Abraham was given a promise that, that through him, that through his seed, 
that he would have a, a family, they would grow into a mighty nation, and that all the nations would be blessed through Abraham. And as I've been uh, un- unpacking all of this, what we do is we see that the Bible has given us promises. It's given us, it's telling us what happened in the past, so we'll understand the present and the future. And what's significant about this is that this location is where the, the descendants of Abraham actually become the nation of Israel. And they make a covenant to God and that they will be his people. And in that covenant, then, is something that has been, uh, you know, was then the, eventually the Israelites at this mountain make it, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, into the promised land that God gave Abraham. And they become the nation of Israel. And this is where, um, in fact, everything that we have in our Bible is written by these people, these Jewish people. Uh, and uh, Moses gives us the first five books of the Bible, and then from then on we, we, we see the story of God acting in history and then promising that someday he's going to send the Messiah. And that's the story of Jesus, and that's where we come into play, hmm. where we, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we recognize that this is God's plan for us as people, and we then become a part of this bigger story that began in many ways with, you know, well, it began in the garden with the fall, but it works its way all the way through to us today. So that's why Mm. this is such a significant film. And Bob, there's an insight that I got. Uh, You know, right now we're living in a very, very difficult time. A lot of people don't know what the future, they don't know what the future is going to have for Mm -hmm. them. They don't know politically, economically, there's worried, you know, worries about diseases and different things. And, um, uh, I've been myself at times gripped with fear, uh, and the Israelites, all through this journey, I could see mm. that they were fearful. They were fearful in Egypt. They were fearful at the sea when they thought they're going to die by the the Egyptian and uh, army and and the the chariots and everything. But God miraculously uh, rescues them, and then they're fearful. They don't have water and they don't have food, and they complain and. I could see that they were called to the mountain to worship God. Tim Mahoney here on The Intersection. You can find out more at the website PatternsofEvidence.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the author of the book 26 Below, the first installment in the Alaska Cyber Hunter series, Kimberly Woodhouse. In our conversation, she discussed the premise of the novel, which explores real-life technological threats and offered insight as to how Christians can respond to a volatile world. Here now from that conversation is Kimberly Woodhouse. The heroine of the story is brand new to a job in Fairbanks, Alaska, and her job is as the emergency operations um, director. And so the whole point is that she is supposed to help prevent, but also know how to respond to events in the city in case of massive power shutdowns, in case of communication shutdowns, you know, fire, water, um, emergency services, hospitals, you know, the government, just making sure that everything is good for the citizens of Fairbanks. And so these positions are actually real life positions. And my son-in-law also put me in touch with a manager in one of the cities. And so she was a wonderful asset to have and to talk to, you know, about her job. So Darcy, the heroine in the story, is brand new to the job. 
And the governor has sent a cybersecurity specialist to help her with all of the computer and everything behind the scenes because we all know that terrorist attacks are not just going to be bombs and shootings and, you know, horrific things Mm -hmm. like that. But now terrorists are going to be able to shut down things via cyber because our world runs on technology and it runs on computers. And so researching all of that was obviously fun for me, but in the story, there is an old woman who they call her the prophetess (laughs) and she's just out in the streets and she's saying that when the temperature hits 26 below, bad things are going to happen, which of course scares people and the media Mm. picks it up and So their responsibility is to try to figure out how to get everything set up and how to make sure that this can't happen. And then finding out that this isn't just a crazy woman in the street and no, she's not a prophetess, but there is, you know, something behind it and trying to find who is behind um, the cyber terrorism that is coming because some terrible things happen and are hacked and emergency systems are hacked and things like that, that really escalate the story and put you in the countdown to the temperature falling to 26 Mm. below. So I'd like for you to just, if you would explore for us some of the, the different spiritual concepts that you offer. The heroine in the story, Darcy is very wounded and I don't want to give too much away, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of really difficult circumstances that have brought her to be the person that she is and to the place where she is. And she thrives almost on the adrenaline of these kind of situations. And so she's a workaholic, you know, trying to make sure that she can do this. And this is how she has kind of dealt with and closed off her life. And in the sense, she's closed off God because she had some horrible experiences and really thought that God had not been there for her. So she ran away. And the moments for her and how she comes back to the fact that God never left her, that he had always been there. And the fact that where she was in life, no matter where she was, he was there and he loved her. And was waiting for her with open arms, that unconditional love is is a huge part of Darcy's story. And then the hero in the story also has to deal with the fact that he has a family member that's caught up in drugs and mm. some bad things. And there's mental health issues, you know, there with a family member and the spiritual struggle that he has to go through to continue to hold on to God and to hold on to his faith through some pretty severe circumstances, which I feel is very relevant for today because it seems like everyone is hurting. Everyone Mm -hmm. is struggling. And there's so many attacks, I feel like, coming from the enemy. He is out to seek, you know, to kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the attacks are getting stronger and stronger. And it's really affecting people. COVID did a number, you know, on on the world as well. And so the issues that we are dealing with, with drugs and with mental health and with the struggles, the financial struggles, everyone has got some pretty huge pieces of their lives 
and they're searching. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know the Lord, you know, they're searching to fill that hole that only he can fill. Kimberly Woodhouse here on The Intersection. You can find her online at Kimberly, that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, woodhouse.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, the weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming section at faithradio.org. Through that homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection as well as The Meeting House radio program. You can find links to The Intersection, to The Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed, And you'll find a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming menu at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.